we can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort it humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. The great Pat Smith. Welcome back to the podcast, sir. Thank you. Man, I got to tell you, before we get into Arkansas and all the good stuff happening, I just want to say thank you again to your family, your brothers for... Uh, for all the interviews for the Smith series, man, it was awesome to, to be a part of that. Well, thank you. We really enjoyed doing it. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Now, we're sitting here. It's it's January. Big 10 season starting. Big 12 season starting. And this program out of Little Rock, man, they're, they're turning some heads so far. And you know, I've been following it more closely this year because they have Nasir Bailey, who was an Illinois legend. And he got Albert White on staff, a four-time Illinois state champion. So... Just give us your thoughts on what we're seeing with this Little Rock program, Pat. Oh, it's just, it's amazing what's happening um, and what Coach Erstman and Coach Javi and, and Coach Schaefer and Coach White have done um, really in the last two years. Uh, they, they, they've been really uh, working hard at, at trying to get this thing to grow. And, you know, I think we're in our fourth or fifth season of, of college wrestling. Um, we've, We've broken the top 25, I know, uh, at least once this year. Um, we have Arizona State coming into town today. It's really exciting. We're planning on packing the house at 7 o'clock. Um, and, you know, that's only 10 minutes down the road here. So we get to watch <laughs> big-time, big-time college wrestling right here in Little Rock. And and they're just – they're doing a tremendous job. It's just – it's really unbelievable what they're doing with this program where these where they're and the recruits that they're getting in they're starting to get in some big time recruits uh we're getting we've got some guys that are ranked um and and we've got uh we've got a we've got a good we've got a good solid base all around and um it's really nice to see really nice to follow i think um you know we're gonna hopefully we go in tonight and we beat arizona state um which is a top 25 team um so that's that's really exciting, and and I'm, I'm we're we're all we're all looking for for good things at the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it would be so huge to to get Nasir or Stephen Little or any of these guys on the podium, and I mean it could happen definitely this year. It could happen, and like how long ago was it that high school wrestling wasn't even sanctioned in Arkansas? Was this mid well, two thousand seven? Um, was when I first moved over here. Uh, a guy by the name of Greg Hatcher, who's basically 
the godfather of wrestling in Arkansas. So he's he started it all. Um, and he's the one that got me to move over here in 2007. And then we sanctioned wrestling, the AAA, which is the Arkansas Athletic Association, sanctioned high school wrestling in 2009. So, That's such a fast ramp. I mean, to think about right. it is and it isn't, right? 9 to 23, like that's how much time it takes to put in. But outside yeah. of Little Rock, there have been – so you had high school in 09. How is that taking off? Is that still going, growing? It, it, it's it's unbelievable. It's everything we – in every area, the youth wrestling, the middle school, and I'll talk about that a little bit later on, but the youth wrestling, middle school – um, you know, our freestyle Greco programs and our high school, everything is just booming right now. And it has been in about the last two or three years. When you think about Arkansas, I think of the Razorbacks, the football program, you got to have some stud athletes down there and we know you do. So it's like just a matter of time before we, we start seeing that. And we're seeing it now with, with what's going on at Little Rock was, was there D2, D3 NAI before Little Rock? And is there still? Yes, absolutely. So if we, with the college level right now, we have five colleges, which is amazing. We have wow. five colleges in our state and all doing well. We have three NAIA schools. That is Williams Baptist, Central Baptist, and Lions College. Those are our NAIA schools. Um, and then we have uh, College of the Ozark, which is our Division Three school. And we have Wachita Baptist University, which is our NCA Division II school. And we have Little Rock, obviously, is our Division I school. So we we have wrestling across the board. We have Division I, Division II, Division Three, and NAIA schools. So, yeah, we're, we're really doing well at the college level. Um, these teams are wrestling well and, and, and competing at a high level. So we're really excited that, um, you know, that, that's one thing that's really blown my mind in the 14 years that I've been here is that uh, we've been able to, with the guidance of Greg Hatcher, obviously, um, we've been able to add five colleges in our state in, in a short amount of time um, where we all know that, you know, starting college programs up is very hard to do. And, and to be able to start five up um, – in and in a 14 year span is really amazing to me. And I like how you have every segment covered, right? I'm trying to think, you know, we love our wrestling here in Illinois. I don't know if we have five in or, you know, all those, you know, the D2, the NAI, I know we have definitely a good amount, but that's just so incredible to see that in such a short time. And I think it's promising for other States who are looking to grow. Um, so tell me about Greg Hatcher. I, I know he's a businessman, but what's his connection to wrestling? Well, Greg, Greg wrestled at Alma College up in Michigan, and um, he graduated there in 82, 1982, and then got into the into the business world. And when he get when he called me up in 2007, he had a dream of starting high school wrestling in the state. That's about as the extent of it was a high school wrestling at one level. Let's get high school wrestling. I need somebody to come over here and help me with it, that knows the sport of wrestling. He'd been out of it for quite some time. And um, so I came over and I met with him and I thought, man, this is, this is something that's off the beating path. 
I mean, it's a, it's a road that's less traveled in the sport of wrestling to drive into Arkansas because there, there was no wrestling at all. And um, so I met with him and it didn't take me a day to, uh, to, to meet with him and to come out of that meeting with him and know that this guy's got a vision. He, he's going to make things happen. And, and it was something that I wanted to be a part of. And I thought this is something that's going to be really neat. Um, like I said, it's off the beating path um, of wrestling. You don't see it happen. At least I haven't really seen it happen in my 14 years. I haven't seen another state really do this. Um, so, you know, it's it's just been an ex exciting experience. And um, so I came over and first thing we did is we started getting on the phone with athletic directors, calling all the high schools up, trying to sell the sport of wrestling. And, you know, the, the by the time in our second year, the AAA, which is what's in 2009, they decided to uh, sanction wrestling because we had 40 high schools that had signed on with athletic director signatures that they would start wrestling up. And once we did that, it just it took off. And, and, and that's when we started building our youth programs and um, everything really kind of fell into place once the AAA decided to sanction wrestling as an official high school sport. Once that happened, things started rolling. That's big time. Yeah. And first thing I think of, you got 40 schools that want to start wrestling. That's 40 mats. That's 40 uniform, you know, 40 sets of uniforms. Right. Right. So is that something where Mr. Hatcher funded that or donated or how did the mats get there? Absolutely. You know, uh, Mr. Hatcher, uh, when we started this, he wanted to take off with this and he wanted to run and run fast with it. And we moved really fast because of him. This And, I, and I'll tell you this right now, Ryan, I, I don't think I would be here. I don't think any of us would be here um, if it wasn't for Greg Hatcher, uh, mm -hmm. really spearheading this thing and, and with his generosity, making this thing happen. He, um, he told the AAA, he told, he told all the high schools that we called and uh, relayed that to me when I called the athletic directors at the high schools that the first 40 schools that sign up for wrestling will get a free wrestling mat. And uh, we all know how much those cost. They're about $15,000 a piece. So he told them that, you know, at the first 40 schools get a free mat and he'll buy their uniforms and singlets. So they had no overhead. So wow. There was no, there was really no money coming out of this school's pocket. It's just all you have to do is sign the dotted line saying you're going to start wrestling up and we'll, and, and we'll take care of the rest. Greg will take care of the rest. So that really took off. And once we got that started and got the high school, got, got it as an official sport and, started having our first state tournament in 2009 and our season and that type of thing. Um, that's when other high schools were saying, Hey, what's this, what's going on here? We want to be a part of it. So now I believe we're up to, I think somewhere around 70 to 75 high school wrestling programs. Now you would think that's not a lot, but when you come from a state like Arkansas, which there's only about 2 million people in our state okay. and uh, population wise, um, that is a lot. That's a lot of programs. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 um, it's taken off and it's taken off really fast. 
And it's it's not only the high school programs, right? You have when I came out to visit you, you have your own academy and right on the the Hatcher property. Did that come right after that or how did that line up? Well, I started my club. I started my club the day I showed up here. So what we wanted to do was what Greg kind of pitched to me was we're going to start high, we're going to start high school wrestling up, but we also need a club in Little Rock so kids can come and learn how to wrestle. And um, so I started my club up as soon as I I arrived. And you know it's 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 uh, it's really going well these days. Um, it's it's unbelievable the ki- the number of kids we have in there and um, all the support that we get. But uh, yeah, I started it up uh, as soon as I as soon as I arrived, and we were bringing in the high school kids to teach them how to wrestle. That um, had had schools that uh, sanctioned it as official sport. It's a really cool facility. It's huge, and it's yeah. uh, you know the logos are everywhere. And you were coming from four national titles, Oklahoma State. Was it hard to kind of dumb it down a little bit, or how did you transition into going from the the echelon to grassroots these kids don't even know how to do a stance well you know i i think that um you know not to brag but i think that uh i have a um a, a gift working with younger kids i and i think i think the gift comes from i enjoy it i really love working with kids i like taking the kids that um come in and 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 they're they're shy and they're timid and they don't have a, a lot of confidence in them, which happens every day. It happened to you, me yesterday when when a, when a couple of kids came in to join the club for the first time, and they're timid and they're shy, and and you can see that um, you know their confidence level is not there for the sport of wrestling because it is intimidating when you walk in our room for the first time and you want to join wrestling. It's a very physical sport. It's a very demanding sport, and um, uh, so I work with these kids to try to, you know, kind of ease that tension um, yeah. when, when they first come in and tell them, you know, try to try to really explain to them that, you know, we're here to have fun. We're here to learn the sport. We're not trying to win world titles. We're not trying to win these national titles at the youth level because it doesn't really matter. We're trying to um, work on getting better with our skills and, and having fun. We, 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 we focus on two things in my club. That is developing our skills and having fun. When it gets serious is when you start hitting the high school level and, and, and that thing. Um, and, and I know I've, I've, I've gone all the way to the very end, you know, even to all the way to the end is what I mean by to the Olympic trials. So I've wrestled till I was 26 years old. So I had a full long career and I know that, um, you know, you, you, you have to pace yourself. This is, this is a marathon. It's just, you know, I treat it just like a, like they run a marathon. Um, you start off slow and then you pick up the speed and then you start sprinting at the end. Um, and so my club with my, my young kids, it's, it's all about starting off slow. We're, 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 we're jogging really slow and, and we're learning the sport and we're having fun. And then, um, as time goes on, once we hit the high school level, we start picking up the pace and, and then, um, you know, by the time they're seniors, we're really, really kicking it in. It's cool to hear you say that because you think about the family you came from and all the stories I heard about your father. It sounds like you're taking the approach of what what your dad took and it was kind of real easy going with it. You know, like, hey, you lost. Let's get an ice cream cone. It's not, that, 
putting their head, like just putting so much pressure on them at a young age. And do you see that now with some of these parents taking it way too serious? Oh my gosh. I, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's, 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 sometimes it's actually comical, you know, um, what you see out there when you go to these tournaments and no, my, 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 uh, the way I approach my wrestling and, and my coaching is the, is a carbon copy of what my father did with us. Um, and that is, um, you know, we're laid back, we're having fun, you know, are my kids blowing up, you know, my personal kids, are they, are they, you know, just tearing the scene up right now at 13 and 15 years old? No, they're pretty, they're pretty good, but I don't train them like they're in college. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't demand that kind of intensity out of them at this age, because I know that that's coming. Um, and, and, and they'll have, if they go to the highest level, they'll have, you know, another 10 years of that, uh, you know, after they get, you know, to the high school level. So, um, yeah, so I, I try to, I try to model what my, what my father did with us. I had a tournament last weekend. We had a great successful tournament last weekend. And and in the tournament, we, we, uh, we had free ice cream coupons where, where the kids could go, go, um, after the tournament, parents could take them. They came up, they got free ice cream coupons. I made sure we did that because, you know, that's what I did Yeah. and win or lose. And, and over the PA system, when I was running the tournament and, and, you know, thanking everybody for coming, I told them that, you know, win or lose, take your kid out to get them ice cream and, and have fun with this. And, uh, it's not, it's not, uh, it's, it's not, you know, uh, the world championships, like I said, it's not, you're, you know, we're going to, we're not going to know about this tournament nobody's going to care what you did a year from now in, in our youth tournaments. Um, but do we want to win? Sure. We want to win. Do we want to, do we want some success? Absolutely. But it's not the most important thing. The important thing is, is that they're having fun and they're enjoying their experience. And, and that's what we try to bring across to our kids. That's so cool. And it just reminds me of that story you told me about when you were at Fargo your first year and I don't think you placed and you were, you, you were at the UNI dome and your dad found you and kind of gave you a little pep talk. And it's like, I get chills thinking about that story. I love that story. So it, it reminds me a lot of how you're approaching it. Yes. Yes. I try to. Yeah. And, 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 and it's positive, positive, positive. You know, the way I coach is nothing. Um, it, I, I'm, I'm always trying to, you know, especially with the kids that I encounter or kids that I encounter from other clubs that I see at the tournament and that I have relationships with, it's, it's all about positive and, and, and trying to encourage these kids and, and uh, you know, not give up on them and, and not, not beat them down when they lose or beat them down when they, when they uh, quit, you know, losing a match or, and I see a lot of that at these tournaments where, you know, you'll catch uh, most, most likely it's a, it's a father son type deal where you see a lot of, it's mainly a father son coach type deal. So where the father's just ripping them up one side of down the other because they lost. And it's, it's, it's really sad to see because what, what they need to be telling them is, Hey, you got beat. Now let's, you know, why do you think you lost? What, you know, what do you think you did wrong? And, and, you know, talking to them and, in a calm, calm voice type deal. And Hey, 
you know, I've been honest, even with my kids, you know, they come off the mat and I'm like, Hey, you know, um, bottom line is you, you got beat because you, you stopped wrestling. So that's something you need to work on. You need to work on that. You got it in you to do it. You got it into you to wrestle a full hard match. It's in there and you got it. And I believe in you, but that's what beat you. So mm-hmm. go, go tap into that and find out, you know, what you got to do to better that area. You know, it's, it's end up with the positive, always telling them that I believe in you. I believe in you. I know you can do this and um, you'll find out that uh, your kids will have a lot more success. And when you think about, first of all, I love all the entire message. It's, it's really reassuring to hear. And it's like, I think that's, I think that's a trend we're seeing is, is this kind of approach. And, you know, when you think back to all the coaches you had outside of your dad, you know, outside of your brothers, you know, I think about, I don't know if you have worked closely with Chesbro, but I think about Joe C, you know, do you take lessons from your experience with Joe C even to this day or how, how did he oh, approach it? Joe C was one of the most laid back coaches there was. And I think if anybody's ever talked about Joe C uh, and uh, him as a coach, will will we'll say the same thing that he was a laid back kind of coach. He and what I mean by laid back is just you know he was calm nature, um, and and he believed in you, and it was just you were relaxed around him. And and at the college level, you need that. You need that kind of coach to where you're. You, you feel relaxed and, 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 and he keeps you relaxed and keeps it fun. Um, at the same time, you still, even at that college level, you gotta be having fun. Um, you gotta be relaxed. And, and, and he was a, he was a motivator. He was always, he was always stroking me. Um, and, and, um, and, 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 and that, that was something that, um, really, um, really helped me as far as my college career went, but, you know, he was also at the same time, he was very honest with me. You know, he, you know, when I lost, got pinned my first match against Dan Russell, um, you know, he came in and I was in a locker room uh, or actually I was in a classroom bawling my eyes out after the Portland state, Oklahoma state duel. That was my first competition. And as a true freshman and, and Dan Russell was ranked third in the country and, and, and put me in a cradle and pinned me. And, you know, Josie came up to me and found me later on in that classroom and just said that, you know, that was the worst mistake he ever made, pulling me out of red shirt. <laughs> uh, now, a lot of people that would um, that would, uh, you know, probably crush them and, and, you know, knock their confidence down. But it actually did the, the opposite for me. I was I was boiling and I thought I'm going to show you and, um, you know after that after that night um my career was a lot different you know by the by three weeks later i was ranked number four in the country and then another month later i was ranked number one in the country so you know i took that and and took that very personal and uh and it it boiled my blood and and um so it was it was a it was a positive thing that he did with me how did you and it's you had that loss and ironically, Dan Russell was a four-time Division II champ, and that was a great Portland State team. They had, I believe, five national champs on that oh, team. Yeah. Unbelievable. But even after you got pinned by Dan Russell and you had that moment, didn't you have? Didn't you wrestle him like the next day and lost I wrestled, again? 
I wrestled him the very next day and he beat me eight to six, I believe. Okay. So, um, you closed the gap, but still, I, I closed the gap and, 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 um, yeah, definitely closed the gap and, and was right there in the match. Um, it was a really tight match, close, close match. Um, so yeah, I, I, I closed the gap and, and then two months later, uh, I, I was fortunate enough to wrestle him again, I believe in the semifinals of nationals. And that's where I was able to put a good whooping on him. Dude, Seven, you did. 17 to four, I think, or something like that. So, um, uh, but, um, you can't yeah, make those storylines up. Like first match you get pinned, your brother's there. Well, this is right. 90. So he's, you know, you, you got Joe C there and right. it's just, and then two months later or three months later in the semifinals, one of the biggest rounds of the year, you put yeah. a whooping on him and then you go and win your first one. But even, yeah. even to get to that point of starting, you had some real self doubts with your battles with McAllister, right? Or how did that oh, go? Yeah. Like your first semester? Well, you know, McAllister, McAllister came out ranked fifth in the country. So, you know, he was a, he was a legit rank and he was a senior as well. And I wanted to wrestle as a true freshman. And I let him know right off the bat, Joe, that that's what I wanted to do. And I think Joe just kind of blew me off <laughs> and thought, which, which I totally understand. You got a fifth, you got a fifth year senior here and he's ranked number five in the country. And you got a true freshman here. Let's save the true freshman. Well, I wanted to wrestle and, um, and I told Joe that, and, um, like I said, he just blew me off, but we had the ranking matches and our first ranking match, I beat him seven to five. And after the ranking match, I said, you know, I went up to Joe and, you know, just a dumb 18 year old kid. And I went up to Joe and said, Hey, does that mean I'm on the team now? He goes, no, that doesn't mean you're on the team. You beating seven to five. You only beat him by two points. You got to beat him by a lot more than that uh, for for uh, me to pull you out of red shirt. So by the time we got into uh, December, about three or four weeks later, uh, we had another ranking match. And I remember those words. And I ended up beating him probably by around 12 points. And then I went up to Joe and said, is that good enough? And he said, yep, that's good enough. You're coming out of red shirt. <laughs> so McAllister went on to Fresno State and, and had a great, great season there. And I believe he ended up either fourth or fifth at, at Nationals. I can't remember where he, wow. but he he did All-American. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of the story on that. It's cool because I think about the progression you made that year. And it reminds me of the progression Mark Branch made during his year as a freshman. Right. That was your senior year, right? Right. That was my senior year. And that, that was probably one of the most amazing things I, I I've seen as a, as a, as a wrestler, as a coach, uh, somebody do something like that, go through a year like that, because, you know, he was, he was, that was our weak weight, you know, that really and truly, uh, we had a national championship team that year. And, uh, but that was our weak weight. And, and we knew that, um, and those guys, those guys were good. They just weren't at the level of the other wrestlers on the team. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, and then Mark, um, you know, he, he, he went on at the, he started really coming on at the end of the season, like the late February, early March, he was really coming on and he just, 
the, the practices I, I was having with him, I'm like, man, this guy, you know, he's starting to take me down in practice. And, and I started noticing that. And, and I told him one day that, you know, you're getting better. You're getting good. Um, and so um, he ended up getting a ranking match right before the Big 12 tournament. And uh, he made the team. Then we went on and he took third at the uh, Big 12s, and which was really a surprise, I think, to all of us. But he qualified. And uh, we were really excited to see that because we didn't think we would really take anybody at 167. And so we were taking him and then he went into the NCAA tournament. He was he hit the number two seed uh, from Oregon State, I believe, right off right off the bat. And, uh, but before that, be, from, from the big 12 to the NCAA tournament, we have a two week break. And when he qualified for nationals, he hit a high, he hit a high, like a wrestling high and all wrestlers know it when they get there and they just find that edge and, and that excitement and everything's clicking. And, um, and what are you feeling? At this time, though, like you're going into your fourth nationals, all the way to the world's on you. You've had a very kind of stop and start college career with all the different sanctions going on. And so now it's your it's your fifth year. Are you feeling that excitement, too? Or are you ready to be done and getting beaten down by some of the pressure a little bit of being the first four timer? How are you feeling? I was, I was ready for it to be over. There's no question about it. <laughs> it was it was, you know, it 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 was on my mind after the first national title I won and I had, and, and for me to be able to keep my sanity, I had, I had to get control of my own mind and put it off, you know, and, 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 and train and train and wrestle and compete one day at a time and not look at the big picture. I, I, I never focused. I tried not to focus. I knew it was there. It's in the background, but I tried not to focus on, the four national titles. I tried to focus on one match at a time. And, and when I get done with that match, move to the next match. And when I get to nationals, I'll worry about, I'll worry about nationals. Um, and then one match at a time at the NCAA tournament is what I always approached it. I didn't, I didn't care who was in my weight class. I didn't care who I had in the quarterfinals or the semifinals or, or, anything like that. It was always one match at a time. I have this guy, I'm going to go out and I'm going to beat this guy. And then I'm going to move on to the next one. I had to break it down really simple like that to where I took a lot of pressure off myself. So I did a lot of things um, mentally to, to take the pressure off, uh, you know, doing something that nobody's ever done before. Um, and, and that in itself is a tremendous amount of pressure, but. Um, it's such a contrast because you're, you're, you know, you're at the last two weeks of your college career, feeling the weight of the world. Mark Branch is going into the Nationals, losing record. No one's expecting anything from him, and yet you guys are in practice, and he's getting a take done on you, and and you're seeing this progression, especially during those two weeks between Big Twelves and Nationals. No question about it. You know, and, and back to that, you know, when in those two week that two week period, he was on such a high. We went in and and and, and I remember it like it was yesterday we started working out together and, and I was at 58, he was at 67. I really didn't work out with him much during the season. He really wasn't a partner that I worked out with a lot during the season. Um, 
but when he made the team and he was, you know, and I, I could see Mike, Hey, you need, we need to work out together. We need to start, you know, training more together. Um, and during that period, that two week period, he was not only was he taking me down, but we were going about even. And, and, and that's, that's the honest truth. We, we were about even. And um, we got into that last week before, before our last, about our last three practices, we were definitely around even. And I remember pulling him off to the side and, and I just told him, I said, listen, and this is the way I felt. I said, listen, I can win an NCAA title 167. I can win it next week. I can win the national title at 167. And you're going even with me. So you should go win a national title. You, 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 you need to set your goals to be a national champion, not an All-American. You're wrestling way too good to be an All-American. And, um, you know, whether that affected him or not, um, I don't know, but that's just the way I felt. And I, and I expressed that to him. And then, you know, the rest is really history went in, went in and wrestled the number two seed. And I remember telling my dad in the stands and, and friends, close friends that were there. I said, Hey, watch, he's going to beat this guy. And, and he's not going to beat him. He's going to beat him bad. And that's exactly what he did. He knocked off the number two seed and, and put a, and then, you know, obviously he takes over that seed and, and runs right to the finals and wins it and really didn't have a, a tough match. He really didn't have, he was, he was, he was dominant in that tournament and, um, you know, and then went on and had a great career the next three years. Yeah. So I wonder if we look at the team score, if you guys needed his points to win it, because going into it, he wasn't expected to do much and you guys were still the favorites to win that title. Yeah, we were still the favorites to win. We, I think, uh, boy, I can't remember. I think we, I can't remember the team score, but um, it had been really close to win it. Um, had we not had him, you know, even if had we not even had a 67 pounder. So, yeah, um, you know, there was, we were thinking up until right to the end that we probably wouldn't have a 67 pounder at nationals. And 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 I believe Mark was record was like nine and eight going into the NCAA tournament or eight and nine. He Definitely had a been, losing record. He had a losing record. That's right. Because I know that's right. You're right. He he's the only one to ever go in with a losing record and win a national title still to this day. And that will never happen again. You know never. that, Ryan. We never. will never, ever, ever see that again. I think that's a record that will go in the books forever because that just will not happen again. And um, so we were just, we were just glad to have him there and, and have, have him participate. But I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it in those workouts with, with him over those two week period. And, and he and I were working out every day. And by the time we left to go to North Carolina, I'm, I, I knew he was going to win a national title. And, and I told him that, and, and I'm like, I, I'm not trying to blow smoke up here or anything, but you're going to win it. So get ready. Crazy. That whole, that whole year was crazy how young John was. And then, you know what, you know, that kind of entered your career. And you mentioned Oregon state first thing that comes to mind to me is the great job. Chris Pendleton's doing out there. Did you wrestle with him a lot when you were coaching Oklahoma state? 
Oh, yes. I wrestled Chris all the time. Uh, Tell us about yeah. that. Well, we just. <laughs> oh, Chris. Oh, Chris. I have to laugh when I think about Chris because we just, uh, uh, I hate, I tortured him. So, uh, but <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just tortured him and, and, uh, you know, he, he stayed in there and he fought every practice, but, um, he hated, he hated working out with me and, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, he was, he was, he was tough and, and, uh, you know, he just, he, he, he was so slick and so good. Um, and, he just, I think, I think he didn't realize at any time he could probably just whoop me, but I just went in there and, you know, kind of bluffed him and, and every <laughs> practice and, and tried to get on his head really, really hard and just put a lot of pressure on him. And, um, you know, maybe it was like a, an older brother syndrome or type deal, or, you know, and I had some age on him or whatever it may be, but no, we had, we had great workouts and, and, uh, I worked out with him nearly every day and worked out with Johnny Hendricks and those guys. And then, and then obviously Jake Rushholt, Jake Rushholt was, was something else. He was very special. Um, that's too big the, for you or you were wrestling with him too. I did wrestle with him. But he was too big for me. Say he, he was too big. He was too big, too strong. He was, he was, he was a hoss. So, um, I stayed down there with, um, spent most of my time with um, Pendleton and Johnny Hendricks. Hendricks, that's a, uh, you talked up, talk about a lot of people and everyone says strongest person they've ever seen or wrestled. Like dude was strong and just had an attitude. Like, uh, like, a, you know, like some people say like elite performers have this unrealistic self-confidence and mm -hmm. like, a lot of people say like, even after he took a loss, he still thought he'd win. Like he had that confidence in him. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's, that's, that's what made him great was his positive attitude and his confidence. You know, he stepped on the mat thinking he could beat everybody and the guy never got tired. You know, he, he, he was so strong and so physical. He never got tired when he was out there wrestling in a match. He reminded me a lot of, uh, another guy that, that I coached was Daniel Cormier. You know, Daniel Cormier never got tired in a match. I mean, you, he would, when he would step in, now he got tired in practice, but when you, when he would step in the competition, his a game went up and he never got tired. And Johnny Hendricks was the same way. And every wrestler wow. that wrestled Johnny Hendricks knew that they were going to be in a bloodbath battle for seven straight minutes and and that's what he gave them and a lot of guys just they it mentally broke them so um no just 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 a hard nose never got tired in your face wrestler i don't know how you guys got cormier down to 84 because his his battles with the scale are legendary and that was what was the olympic weight 211 uh-huh and he's uh -huh. at 184. Like, woo! Cormier, Cormier was a chore. I mean, I talked <laughs> about now that's that's just being nice, you know. Uh, he was he was uh, it was an everyday uh, struggle with the coaching staff, and and I was so glad that Mark had him in that area branch. 
Um, but uh, he had he had to deal with getting Cormier down most of the time. So, uh, but yeah, we got him down, and and um, not to say it was easy, but uh, he got down, and and uh, he he was just such a such a great competitor, Un- unbelievable. Would step on the mat and just go, and and he he was. He was breathing the same way at the the last ten seconds as he as he was the first ten seconds of the match. Just no huffing, no puffing. Didn't look, never looked tired. Um, was just he he could shine when the lights were bright. He would shine, and that that Johnny Hendricks was the same way. We had a lot of guys like that. Chris Pendleton was the same way. Uh, Jake Rushho, you know, you, you Jake Rushho. Tyrone Lewis, you know, those, those guys, when the lights were on and they were shining bright, those guys would wrestle better. And it was, it was great to be around that group of guys. It's crazy because that right before you guys won four in a row, you must've thought as coaches, you guys were pretty close when you had Jimmy O'Kelly, Mark Munoz, Daniel Cormier. And I know you guys did get close, but it, that just shows how hard it is to win that division one team title. Oh yeah. Well, it's, yeah, one of the yeah, it's extremely hard. Um, you know, everything has to line up for you, and and uh, you know, I, and and we were we were getting, we were we were getting, uh, you know, we were we were getting the best wrestlers in the country um, at the time, and uh, we're getting a lot of great wrestlers now. But um, at that time, we were we were doing things that Penn State's doing right now. You know, just 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 landing these number one recruits landing these top wrestlers. And, um, you know, I, I, I firmly believe that, you know, who the best recruiting coach in the country is going to most likely be the guy that wins national titles. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's the truth. I mean, if, 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 if you, if you're recruiting the best, whatever school is recruiting the best wrestlers in the country, it goes hand in hand. There's going to be national titles involved in it. So, um, yeah, we 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 were doing really well at that time and and uh, bringing in a, a lot of talented wrestlers, Johnny Thompson and and um, uh, Johnny Thompson. Him, forgot about that name, Zach, Zach, Zach Esposito on that team, and and it's just on and on. And Hendricks and Pendleton and Rushho and Steve Mako and I mean and and Coleman Scott. I mean those. Those are those are top of the line wrestlers, and and when you're recruiting guys like that, bringing guys like that in your team on your team, well, yeah, um, you know, you, you 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 coach them and let them let them go and let them go win national titles for you. And you mentioned, you know, those are all the college guys. And right before you went into coaching, you made a run at the Olympics. Did you ever go to the Oregon? Uh, yeah, I did. I wrestled. Uh, uh, I ended up taking second place there, uh, and I wrestled um, Bouvier Satieff there. The, <laughs> Did you know about uh, him going in? No, I had no idea about him. I didn't. I didn't know anything about him. Um, matter of fact, the uh, the funny thing about it was, is I wrestled uh, the world silver medalist from the year before the Russian in the uh, semifinals and was and beat him six to three so i thought that i just wrestled their best wrestling wrestler and then um i walk out on the mat with satif and never saw him before i didn't even see him in the tournament wrestle uh such a big tournament so i didn't 
I didn't even lay eyes on him until the finals, but uh, I never heard of him. Uh, no one else had had heard of him or anything like that. And, and I stepped on the mat with him and it didn't take me, Ryan, 10 seconds to realize I had a stud in front of me and, <laughs> uh, and, and, and a guy that was a lot better than the world silver medalist um, from the semifinals. And, um, and he beat me obviously. And, and um, close or bad. It, it, it was, I, he put a pretty good whooping on me. Um, you know, it, it was a, it was, I can't remember exactly what the score was, but um, he hit me in two, three pointers um, off of, off of uh, he, I got a takedown on him and, and, and I, I went to try to throw in the legs cause he was on a, in a base position and he trapped my legs and got up and threw me three times backwards and gave him six points and really took me out of the match. Um, but um no, it, it it was a it was a good match, a uh, hard fought match. But um, I he he's just he was better than me. Um, I don't know what else to say. You know, he he was better than me, and and uh, um, and then went on like what three months later or so, and won his first world title. And when I saw that, I'm like, I knew it, I knew it. That guy's that guy's the real deal, and. Uh, um, he he was by far the best wrestler I, I had ever wrestled, ever. Um, and I think you know Kenny Monday, and uh, would be a close second behind him. But um, he's yeah, amazing because he so in '95 he beat Leopold in the finals for the first time. And if you watch that match, he hits Leopold with three slide bys, and it's yeah. like you never seen someone hit slide bys like Satiev. It's just and then in '96 he beat Kenny in the quarters, pretty good. And then that's yeah. when people are like, shit. And then, you know, he won all the way through 08. He won with three different yeah. rule changes. It's like right. hard to say. I mean, who? no one's saying it's not great, but got to be one of the best ever, if not the best ever on a freestyle scene. Oh, I would, I would definitely put him in the top three. There's no question about it. I think, I think he's a top three. Um, it's either him. You know, there's a lot that you can put in there, but um I don't even know. I don't. You really want to go there? <laughs> I don't have a top three list, but I mean, he he's in there. John's in there. You know, I think uh, Arson Fazayev is in there. Um, you know, eh, there's a lot of guys that you could you could put in that top three. It's just like anything at the college yeah. level. Same thing. You know, you could you could where you could the list could be different with everybody. So because there's so many good ones, but uh, he's. He's definitely always going to have to be mentioned in the top three, if not one. Definitely. And you mentioned, you know, as you as we look at the current landscape, Oklahoma State's having a hell of a season right now, and they really they really put a lot of emphasis in the dual meets, and I love that because I just I can't stand when I see teams sitting guys out and letting a dual meet lose. I just I can't stand. It. I think it's a bad look for the sport. So Oklahoma State went out east, and they had a real good season, and. You think about the current landscape, though. We think about Penn State a little bit. What are you seeing with just removing your Oklahoma State fandom and experience? What do you see with Kale that you think is like, wow, that's something that's really special out there? Well, man, where do I start? I mean, it's just uh, everything he's doing. He's 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 uh, he's bringing in these top recruits, like we talked about earlier. He's 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 winning the recruiting battle. It looks like to me. Mm -hmm. um, and 
And that's where it starts. And you win the recruiting battle. Like I said, national titles follow. Um, but um, he's just, he's done a great job and, and, and he's, he's able to land these guys. He's out there. Um, obviously he's got to be working his tail off to, to get these guys. And, and um, he's, he's, um, and, and not only that, you know, we, you see, you see a lot of coaches that do get the number one recruits that land a number one recruit. And sometimes they don't pan out. Um, but that room, they're panning out and <laughs> they're, they're doing the right things um, for, for, and, and, you know, I'm not there obviously, but I'm guessing that, you know, they, they've just got a great aura about them in that room and they're all on a high and and they're they're believing in each other that that you know a lot of a lot of schools um don't that 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 bring in top recruits and 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 sometimes you see that those guys you know falter off a little bit um um so no he's he's just doing a fantastic job and 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 what's impressive is is that these guys that he's bringing in they're they're winning they're 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 proving themselves and and they're showing up and and they're overachieving you know it's it's uh and overachieving can be you know you get a guy that comes in and he's ranked eighth and he goes takes third at nationals you mm -hmm. know um and you just see that across you know up and down the lineup it just seems like all of his guys are doing better than what they're exposed to, or they're meeting that they're matching what they're exposed to. A lot of the number one ranked guys, seeded guys, well, they go out and they win it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so. Um, Seems like a he, different approach than Gable too, right? I mean, like way different approach. Well, you know, Gable, Gable was unbelievable. I mean, Gable, Gable, um, you know, I don't know if it's a different approach. Um, you know, I, I'm not quite sure. I'm not really, um, uh, you know, I'm just on the outside yeah. looking in. So I don't really know what's happening in their rooms or anything like that, but you know, um, they, they're the, to me, they, they seem like they're, they're the same because Gable, when he was coaching, um, he had his guys ready and he had his guys, you know, overachieving. And, and that's what Kel Sanderson's doing. He's, he's got them ready. He's got them overachieving or they're matching what their ranking is, which is if they're one, they're, 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 they're placing first. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, so their confidence level is high and, um, you know, being an Oklahoma state fan and, and, uh, loving, loving Oklahoma state. Unfortunately, I don't see that uh changing anytime soon with Penn State. <laughs> what were your thoughts when you heard Coleman went back to Stillwater? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Coleman's a I love Coleman. He's a he's a great guy, great coach, um, good motivator. Um and I think he will do really well. Um and he is doing really well. Um the I, the team looks a lot better um this year than I've seen in a while. So they look they look like they're 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 wrestling well uh, and they're wrestling hard mm -hmm. and they're, they're finishing matches. I've been watching them their duels on TV here, and uh, the one thing I've noticed is that 
all their guys are, are competing from start to finish and, and, and giving it everything they've got in those, in those matches. And, and, uh, and that's all you can ask for. And if you can do that, good things happen. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you said, it seems like a real momentum energy with the Cowboys right now. And especially in, in some of the dual meets as of late, I just, even with the young guys, you know, um, Really love what you're seeing out there with those guys. It's good to hear you're still a diehard Cowboys fan. Not that oh, I expect anything else. And, and I love Little Rock. You know, can't <laughs> wait for the duel. I got, I've got two schools that I'm just diehard about right now. So, my Little Rock, it. Little Rock University in in Oklahoma State. Yeah. Did you Did you know Albert White when he was at Okie State, or was that after you moved to Arkansas? And that was after. That was after, and I I knew him. I you know I met him a few times when I would go watch a door or something like that. But no, I didn't have a, a personal relationship with him at all, but um, you know, he's here and he does a great job um, and he works really well with the, with the wrestlers and, and he's got, he's, he's just got a lot of good stuff and, and I like his style and I like what he, what he does. And, and uh, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a big asset for the program. So we were, we both graduated high school at the same time. And that's the only thing we have in common because let me tell you, Albert White in Illinois, four-time, I don't know if he was undefeated, might have been, but him and Mike Benefield were both four-time state champs. They both went to Oklahoma State, um, both Fargo champs. But Albert White growing up, there wasn't a bigger name in the state than that guy. And I just, it's just so amazing to see now he's out in Arkansas and you see the the Nasir Bailey connection. I got to think there's something there being an Illinois guy. And it's like, what a, like you said, an asset for the program. One of the best high school wrestlers to ever come out of Illinois. And that's saying quite a bit. I mean, he's unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable. And I, and I, and I remember him when he was wrestling at Oklahoma state, he was just so slick mm-hmm. and, and, and powerful and uh, was just a really, really good wrestler. And, and, and I'm glad we have him here at little rock and he's, and he's here with us. And, and, uh, um, you know, helping Neil's program out and, and doing a great job. Um, they just, they got a lot of chemistry there, man. I, I was in, I was in two of the practices this week. I went over and watched two of the practices this week, uh, with the college team. And they just, they're, it's just a program that, uh, there's a, there's a lot of positive, a lot of excitement. Uh, the coaches, uh, work well with these, with these wrestlers. Um, and they just, you know, th- th- these these wrestlers are buying into what they're telling them. They're they're buying into it. They're they're believing it. They're seeing it now, and uh, um, you know, I just I'm excited for the rest of the season. Um, you know, uh, it'd be so it, big you know, to get a big duel win against any of these pro. Even tonight would be. Huge. We need to go. We need to go out tonight. We need to beat Arizona State. You know, uh, we we had we had we had a chance to beat Pitt. And we had to set Stephen Little out because of a head concussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and and had he had wrestled, we'd have won that duel, you know, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just my opinion. But some things happened. Our 49-pounder had a DQ because of um, an injury, which gave him a six-point swing. But we, we, we had that duel won. It was won. And um, we just couldn't wrestle Stephen Little. Um, mm-hmm. in that duel and that really hurt us um had he had wrestled and won we'd have won the duel and that's against Pitt, who's what ranked 12th or 13th now um so that one got by us um but let me tell you it's coming it's coming beating the ranked teams 
being in the top 20, it's coming. And mm -hmm. I, it would not surprise me one bit with this team. Would not surprise me if they end up top 15 in the, in, in the NCAA tournament this year. It would not surprise me because, you know, all you, all you need is about three All-Americans mm -hmm. at the NCAA tournament and you're in the top 15, you know, or, or at least top 20. So, you know, it doesn't take much to, to well, and, and that's a lot. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, you get three All-Americans, you're in there. Um, and they're uh, close. They're very close. I mean. And, yes. and, and it's and, and we have we've got guys in there. It's not a pipe dream to be an All-American. We've got guys on this team at Little Rock. They should be All-Americans. They're there. Mm -hmm. They're there. And 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 they're competing with the best guys in the country and um, they're winning. And so it's not like it's not far fetched. It it it's it's um it's reality right now this year. This is gonna be a big bang, I think, this season for for Little Rock and a big push. And I know that Coach Ersman, um, from what I've heard, is that he he's he's got a lot of recruits coming in next year. He's got a good recruiting class coming in next year. So this team's just going to get better and better. But what he has done in the last five years is absolutely amazing. And, and we haven't seen it yet. I mean, it's, I think by the, by the, by the time the NCAA tournament is over this year, everybody's going to go, wow. Because I think where they end up on that top 25 list is going to surprise a lot of people and it's coming. And and not only that, but it's like the program, all the momentum. But outside of that, where, when I came to visit you, it's a beautiful city. The mountains, there's trees, oh. there's weather. Like you talk about most of the programs are in really crappy spots for weather. You know, it's like there's going to be a lot of people once they see the possibility. It's like there's it's going to be a lot of momentum at Little Rock. And it's just, like you said, I think we're at tip of the iceberg and where it's come. It's like, wow, I'm excited for what? this duel tonight. Yeah, and you know, and I am too. And and and, and like you just said, you know, Little Rock wrestling people don't don't know Little Rock. They they don't they've never been to Little Rock. Most wrestling people because there's just there hasn't been wrestling until recently. So, but it is a beautiful city. We got big rolling mountains and he, or hills and, and and things like that. And the, and the terrain is just it's just absolutely beautiful country. And uh, these wrestlers are coming here. And seeing it, our weather's great, um, and we got beautiful rivers that run through our our city, and and things like that, and a lot to do. And and these 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 wrestlers are coming here, and they're seeing all this, and going, "Wow, this is this is nice. This would be a nice place to live." Mm -hmm. So, um, you know that that doesn't hurt for sure. No, it's it's awesome, and Pat, I just want to thank you for your time. It's always an honor to talk to you, and it's just. So exciting to to get you on the show. Hear some stories from the old days. Talk about all the momentum in Arkansas, and it's just a, it's a real honor. And thank you so much for making some time today for us. You bet, anytime, Ryan. Folks, thanks for listening to the Wrestling Change My Life podcast. To support the show, please go to our online store and check out our merch. It's store.wrestlingchangemylife.com. We have stickers, hoodies, T-shirts. Again, it's store.wrestlingchangemylife.com. Check out the merch store, and we'll see you next time on Wrestling Changed My Life. Peace!